0: Ahoy! Ahoy!
1: Welcome for the Straw Hat Book Voyage, a seafaring adventure through One Piece. I'm your Captain Jay.
0: And I'm your Captain Jamie. So, these past two weeks, we have been reading Volumes 10, 11, and 12. Some- a lot of stuff happens. A lot of weird stuff happens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like this is the first time, like, reading this series where, like, it's clashed with the other things that I've been indulging in. <laughs> how, how so? Like I've been I've been watching Haikyuu, right? And so it's just a nice it's a nice story about these kids playing volleyball. And then I go and I'm reading One Piece. It's like suddenly we're inside a whale.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about because, uh, over the past a month or so we've been watching Free, you know, an anime about good swim boys. And then with my roommate, I I'd come home and then we'd watch Kill a la Kill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is such, I, I can't even just, dis- like... Okay, I haven't watched Kill a Kill, but, you know, watching Long Longin, I think I got the idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, I've bought these volumes digitally, so it's a little less convenient for me to just flip through them. But, I'm gonna be doing my best. <laughs> oh, and, uh, a little bit of a rite of passage. My first
1: ever podcast having to record with a sore throat. Oh! Congratulations to
0: Jay! Yeah. Anyway. You don't sound. You sound fine. You sound great. <laughs> you sound great, babe. <coughs> <laughs> that,
1: that wasn't, uh. That was not me faking that. That was a legitimate cough that I needed to do at exactly that moment. Oh, oh no. <coughs> Excuse me. Proof! Anyway.
0: <laughs> so, uh, now let's get into that weirdness. Volume 10 starts off with the showdown beginning. I I once again just wrote
1: down, uh, Luffy goes in to beat some ass. <laughs> Boy, does the, the, he?
0: That's that. Those are my notes. He is so very determined to kick some ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So uh, in the past, we've talked about like it seems like every single time Luffy gets into a fight, there's a moment where we kind of see angry Luffy. He is because he's like this this the ultimate free spirit. He's such a He's usually so carefree and 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 happy, even when he's fighting, he can he, he he laughs and he you know, jokes around. But then in every single fight, there's like this one moment where he we kind of see angry, serious Luffy. We see that this time when he says, "You made our navigator cry.", mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, is this the angriest we've seen Luffy so far? Oh, um, yeah, for sure. There's just something about the way Oda draws him in that panel that's just like, it's so much more than the, the other times that he's been drawn as, you know, looking furious.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. Now that I'm... Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at angry Luffy. That is... That is terrifying. <laughs> the thing is, is that he then, like, five
1: pages later... Like, not even. Like, like two pages later, he's, like, back to his goofy self.
0: Yeah, it's like, like, like he's oh, he's making up. it clear, like, what he's there for.
1: He's angry. He walks in. He just straight up punches Arlong without like barely introducing himself and then he just goes right back to "All right. I'm Luffy. I'm here to be a I'm here to be a silly boy." Yeah. I also do appreciate the uh the moment where he just picks up he Luf, Luffy usually like lavishes in in his in his fights. Like he he loves to fight. He loves to get down and dirty. But when, when all of the fishmen come at him, he's just like, nope, I don't have time for you guys. Yeah, he doesn't even acknowledge it. He's just yeah. out of my way. Also, also, I, I love the weird, almost misdirection with uh, Momu, the giant sea monster. Oh, yeah. We we get the foreshadowing of, uh, you know, Arlong has a giant sea monster. It destroyed Gosa. Oh, no, it's so scary. When that happened, I sort of expected, like, oh, there's gonna be a huge showdown where they have to fight the monster. Yeah. There really isn't
0: much of one. No.
1: (laughs) They sort of just- he sort of just, like, picks it up and throws it.
0: Yeah, Luffy just makes a- makes a toy of it. Yeah. Poor thing, though. Look at this. Just having a bad day. So, after
1: Luffy picks the fight with Arlong, uh, and then Luffy then gets stuck at the bottom of the pool- Mm, for being a doofus <laughs> like he do Zoro and Sanji pick a fight with uh the officers of Arlong's pirate crew and Usopp Oh yeah
0: and Usopp so s- too. Oh gosh. Poor boy. How could I
1: how could I forget? How could mm. I forget Us- Usopp takes out a fish bed of a Yeah. Zoro. And uh Zoro gets into a fight with Hachi? Yeah. And it's just it's just another example of Oda being like I can't have a normal swordsman go up against Zoro. I he has to have like a
0: ridiculous number of swords. He's got to have six swords. Poor Hachi has a bad day with him too. Yeah, that poor boy. So while Zoro and Hachi are at it, they're needing to save Luffy. That kind of bit was pretty brutal too, because it was just like. It was intense. Like, them yeah. trying to, like, handle this situation while needing to get down to Luffy in that moment. Oh, God.
1: The the fights between Sanji, Zoro, and the fishmen, and then the tension between trying to get down and save Luffy is, like... uh, The fight is brutal. Like, Sanji gets hurt. He does. He does. We talked last time about how this little mini-arc is kind of the beginning of where... Oda's storytelling kind of goes it becomes a lot less formulaic and it kind of develops from here like this is like this weird tonal shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a, a really good example of this is uh, Zoro's injuries. This is the first time that a character it during a fight is dealing with something that is the consequence of something that happened like in the last arc. Yeah. Zoro got injured, like, four volumes ago. <laughs> <laughs> and he's dealing with the consequences of that now. <laughs> yeah. Alright, okay, so so something else that keeps happening during this fight that I thought was really cute, honestly. Yeah. Was, uh, Sanji
0: keeps talking about home. I know! I have that in my notes, too! I was thinking about that, too! <gasps> like, he to says, like, I was raised by a pirate. Like,
1: He mentions Zeph, and he mentions the cooks at uh, Baratier, like, multiple times. And it's almost like, oh, Sanji, do you miss your family right now?
0: Yeah. Like, he has pride for his family. Oh, God. I just think it's so
1: sweet. Because, uh, this isn't exactly a spoiler, but I don't think he really mentions them that much after this. Yeah. And he just left. Like, he's only been gone for,
0: I I guess, a couple days. There's little things sometimes I feel like characters kind of need to be grounded back again to their foundation yeah like these things that are so important to these characters, I feel like become lost over time and like need like a like something that is smack them, smack yeah. them back in you know
1: and that's the thing is that this the series is so long that that is actually kind of a problem that comes up with with series like this that are so long as you kind of do lose, especially as the character roster kind of increases, yeah, you do lose a lot of character development opportunities and so characters sort of just start to get a little flanderized in that they kind of just become simplifications of like their biggest traits. Um and having these little moments of like being reminded of what they're all about or like things that tie them to their to their origins is really it's really nice to see. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Jamie, uh let's talk about Usopp for a little bit. Oh Usopp, his his Usopp. grand battle I was so... Like, I remember reading this for the first time and just being like, Oh, Usopp, I'm so proud of you. You did such a good job. And he's so proud of himself, too. He's so proud of himself. He, he like, mentions it for a few chapters after that. Like, I beat a fish man. i like, oh, I'm so happy Yeah. For me, Usopp.
0: Especially and it is a big he... deal, though. It is, honestly. It like is. It, it is. It was... I mean, it would... I would not have blamed him in that moment where he could have just been out. Like, he was... Like, he was perceived dead... It wasn't really looking great for him. The odds were not on his side. Him letting that go and he he played a good part in distracting him and pulling the guy out of the fight. So honestly, yeah. like he was still doing a good job and I would not have blamed him if he just left it there, but the fact that like he felt shameful and wanted to fight
1: and there was all of those uh those flashbacks to the crew members and like moments where they have cho- chosen not to back down from a fight mm-hmm. and he feels so ashamed like it's like how can i how can i call myself a crew member of these guys if i'm not willing to give up as much as they do when everyone's trying so hard Oh, God, it's so, it's 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 a really nice little moment in Usopp's It is, uh, and he, he, like, and he's badass. Like,
0: I love when he fights, like, his fights are so cool because he's, yeah. because he is, he knows he's weak, he knows he can't just sit there and punch these guys in the face, but he goes and, like, does all this tricky shit, and it's awesome. <laughs> it, it's, it's the, it's,
1: I think it's, I think it's such a good way to balance out the crew is having this character who is... Like, not strong at all. Not tough at all. Has no idea how to fight. His skill is that he is... He, he has great aim. But what he really ends up doing is just kind of outsmarting people and using as many tricks as he possibly being can. being crafty as hell. Being super crafty, yeah. I love that about Usopp. Mm-hmm. But after Usopp manages to defeat d- defeat Kiss Boy... L- lips, lips. So the moment where Luffy gets uh, freed... It occurred to me, like, it's this big moment, right, where it takes a couple of pages to, like, show, like, oh, the rock broke, and he's coming to the surface, and he's like, hey, hey, I'm back.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it, it occurred to me that that's such a big moment, because he was, I want to say he was trapped in that rock for mm, a few chapters, a while, was and a I'm, good, I'm just thinking, good, like... Good chunk. <laughs> So I want to say, like, in real time, if you were reading this weekly in Shonen Jump, Luffy was stuck in that rock for, like, a month month. or so. (laughs) Yeah. So it would have been a really big deal for the reader. Like, oh, Luffy's finally
0: free. We get to finally watch Luffy fight after, you know. Also, right there at the end, after him being freed, a fantastic scene for Luffy (laughs) <laughs> of admitting to not not admitting totally embracing the fact that he can't take care of himself. Oh God, I thought
1: that was just a, a fantastic moment of like again uh Luffy stating his 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 kind of beef with the villain mm-hmm. on and it gets it just goes further from there. In, in the last fight he had with Krieg, um they had a lot of talk about like strength and what defines strength. Krieg defines strength as, you know, military might. Arlong defines strength as like evolutionary strength. Mm. Like the the like like a, like a tiger strength or a crocodile strength. Pure raw yeah. Pure raw natural power. But Luffy, for him, it's like, I don't need that. Uh, uh, like, sure, Luffy's strong, but he recognizes that his strength is the strength he gains from his friends. Oh. It's I know right it's, Ooh. it's sweet Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here for that's, that's the that's good the, shit that's the good shit that's the oh god it's so sweet while while we're on the topic of Luffy and our, the fight with Arlong uh I wanna I wanna bring us back to something that we've talked about a couple of times before uh, something that will be reoccurring in the entire series is Luffy an idiot. Oh Is Luffy is Luffy dumb? Um He has so many moments during this fight with Arlong and before when he just sticks his feet in the ground and then is like oh whoops I'm stuck
0: but um, the thing is like right even in that moment when they're about to get blasted with ink, he kinda knows he's in trouble. Yeah. There's <laughs> a moment is, uh, of like guys. self-awareness where he's like, ah well <laughs> about well. that. <laughs> Um,
1: and then, like, during the fight with Arlong, he's, like, he knows it's a serious fight. He he started it off as a serious fight, but he's still kind of, like, goofing about. Like, the whole thing with the shark teeth. And and even and even when Arlong is asking Luffy, you know, what's... Do you, do you know what the difference between you and me is? And Luffy's like, I don't know, your web feet.
0: <laughs> Man, and even before, like, even before the teeth thing got brought in, Arlong bit Luffy... But Luffy bit back. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god.
1: But here's so here's the thing. Is Luffy an idiot? There's that moment where Arlong actually does manage to chomp down on Luffy's arm and instead of pulling away, Luffy twi- like grabs onto Arlong and just smashes him into the ground mm-hmm. in order to get him to let go of his arm. Yeah. Genzo mentions that like, hey, if he had pulled back, he would have lost that arm. And Sanji just says, "There's no way he would have realized that. That was just dumb luck." And it's like, was it
0: though? Oh man, Sanji even like acknowledged that, like, or yeah. even addressed that rather.
1: Yeah, dang. I, I,
0: I I'm wondering. So, so the
1: question of like, okay, is is Luffy actually? Is is Luffy a doofus, or is he just so much of a free spirit that he kind of seems like a doofus? And is this something that Oda is, like, actively trying to allude to, like, or keep the audience guessing?
0: Because, again, there's going to be some moments coming up in the series where you're like, huh. So we're getting in the meat of volume 11, and this fight escalates. And eventually they, they smash into the drafting room. And that turns into a bit of an emotional scene,
1: Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's some powerful shit right there.
0: Yeah, so Luffy's seeing all of this work that Nami slaved over the past eight years of her life since she was a child. And he, and he has an understanding of,
1: of the pain she went through personally, and underst like, and even, he has now an even better understanding of why she was crying in the square, he he went from just wanting to clobber Arlong to get back at him for being cruel to wanting to destroy everything that Arlong has built.
0: And I think that's significant. Mm. <laughs> and Arlong dug his own grave by just objectifying Nami.
1: Oh, that is such a good point. Because that, that's exactly what he did. Yeah. He... He mentions that, like, he, he basically compares her to a pet. Yeah. Because that's Arlong's whole MO is that the reason that he should get to subjugate humans is because they are naturally inferior. And then he has the gall to refer to her still as his shipmate, which Luffy does not like at all. No. And it's almost as if when when Luffy grabs the sword and crunches it, there's there's moments like that in anime where characters will suddenly, like... Oh, they get so angry that suddenly they become more powerful. This doesn't feel like that moment. This feels more like this is the moment that Luffy has decided to stop screwing around. Yeah. He's he's done with this fight now. Like this fight isn't fun anymore.
0: Yeah, uh, like it's it's brought
1: it. him down like Yeah. This this is over. He destroys he destroys his sword and then just like topples Arlong and Arlong Park right there with one move. It's just so and, and he does the thing that he did with Krieg where he just sort of accepts an attack and just lets it happen and then
0: keeps going anyway out of just pure will. That was such a beautiful way to end that battle too, was just smack through the main building of Arlong Park.
1: Yeah. This wasn't like fighting Buggy or Kuro where, you know, if we defeat the pirate, then the pirates just need to leave the village and then everything will be okay. It's like no, what, what Arlong has done is is domination. And so in order to de- truly defeat Arlong, you need to destroy everything that he has built.
0: Mm.
1: I remember Arlong Park being um a lot longer than it was. It feels like it went by really
0: fast. Well, it's but certainly it, oh, it's so good. long. In, well, it's the first meaty arc. Yeah. So if you're I, yeah. reading this series for the first time... Yeah, it feels a little longer compared to the other ones. And also its level of depth, too. It feels big. Uh, and then, uh, again, from this point out, the
1: formula that we've gotten used to with all of the other going to an island, finding a crew member, defeating a bad guy, and then leaving, is done. Uh, everything gets way more complex from here. Character development gets a lot stronger. It kind of um, folds into each other. It Yeah, it definitely does. So Arlong, Arlong's defeated. The evil is defeated. The e- <laughs> defeated is the monster, and they have a big celebration. And Nami says her goodbye, and with the like final farewell from Genzo, you kind of get the reiteration of the concept of like fa- found family.
0: Mm, uh, man, there was some, there was a lot of good stuff right yeah. there at the end of the farewell. Let me tell you, the one thing that made me croak this time. Oh man, I was sitting next to my friend while we were working, you know, we we were working together today and I was reading this volume, getting ready for tonight. One thing that got me today, I do not remember the meaning of, like, I remember the tangerine part of her tattoo. I totally did yeah. not remember the pinwheel. That made me crumble.
1: Yeah, it's bittersweet too because... It it's clear that she now kind of reflects back on, like Belle Mare was her her mother, her adoptive mother, and Genzo was kind of like her adoptive father. Yeah, but he he wasn't able to really be there as much as he wanted to because of the situation that she was in. He had
0: to stay hands off. Like yeah. But To protect but everyone,
1: no, to protect each other. Yeah, but now that it's all over, like, her appreciation, like, their appreciation for each other, and, 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 and the fact that they are clearly big parts in each other's lives, I, I think it's just so, it's so unique and sweet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: More that, more, more non-blood family. And... Non-blood family, yeah. But, now that they have Nami, they're ready for the grand line! But before they get to the Grand Line, they get to Rogue Town. Yeah. I I like Rogue Town. I like the little moments in Rogue Town because it's just such a nice little breather after this big huge fight heavy bit. Like it's it, it, yeah. The yeah, the last couple volumes were super heavy, just like consistently. Now we just have this nice little breather for to have like little moments with each member of the uh, crew. It, it's it was like a
0: celebration of the East Blue arc.
1: Yeah, Honestly. yeah, like yeah, exactly. Um, I I like that Luffy kind of goes on a little pilgrimage. Mm. Uh, he has this little moment where he's like, "I'm gonna go see the execution scaffold
0: where Gold Roger was executed." That frame, kind of important that that one where he's just like, "I love that that it's." I feel like I've never really seen that or thought about it much, but the one where he's just like. This teeny tiny little silhouette of Luffy looking at the execution platform.
1: Yeah, I I think it's it's such a it's such a good moment because it's almost like it's almost like this is where the story really begins. Mm-hmm. Like this is where Luffy's story really begins, and him getting to like basically look up and reflect on the point where the the king of pirates his his planned predecessor basically. Uh, was executed. Um, of course, he... <laughs> he also still is still Luffy, so instead of just uh, enjoying it or appreciating it from afar, he climbs the damn thing. You gotta go up there. I gotta go see what this is all about. You gotta see what he saw. Meanwhile, there's Zoro looking for his swords and running into... Tashigi,
0: Tashigi, Toshigi's a sweet character. I like her a lot. She's an interesting character. Like I, I feel like she's one of the most interesting characters that might be yeah. really understated in One Piece. I, I, I'd agree because she's like,
1: she's she's uh she's just very unique. She's she's she doesn't feel like a very tropey anime character at all.
0: And then she she makes a, an immediate impression on Zoro. Oh God. He reacts to her
1: in a way that he has never reacted to anything so far Mm-mm. in the series. Like, he, he's usually very, uh, like, collected, I want to say. Uh, unless he's in a fight or if he's dealing with freaking Luffy. Yeah. But just being in the presence of this, this young woman, he's super flustered. He's just immediately flustered <laughs> and, like, confused and, like, doesn't know what to do with himself. And I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's so good. I mean, obviously, there's the there's the confusion with like, sh- for some reason, she looks like his childhood friend who died and who inspired
0: him to become the best swordsman in the world. And it's weird. Like he he's like straight up acknowledges it too. Like it's not a weird like op- like they they don't try to make it like oh is she is it she but like Zoro's just like straight up like wait <laughs> wait. <laughs>
1: And the thing is, is that to this day, I don't know, like, what, why? Why is, it kind of reminds me of this manga series that I read uh, in middle school called Wish. It's a a clamp book. It's like four volumes long. (laughs) And for some reason, I have no idea why, like, the main character is a doctor. He's a handsome gentleman. And then later you find the son of, you meet, it's about angels and demons and stuff, so you meet the, the, the son of Satan, and he for some reason looks identical to the main character, and they even acknowledge it. Wow, he looks just like the main character. Then that, they never explain it. never comes <laughs> up. Interesting. It never comes up. And I'm like, I'm really hoping, it's like, that's not gonna, it's not just like a coincidence, right? Like, there's gotta be some kind of explanation of this. Uh, so speaking of Toshigi, we get introduced to Smoker. Yeah. Um, I really like Smoker and here is why. I've I've talked ad nauseum about the kind of formula that Oda uses when introducing one piece villains and adversaries to the crew, where they're pretty much always introduced by like showing their cruelty and usually executing one member of the crew.
0: Okay.
1: Oda goes out of his way to introduce, like, Smoker is an adversary, he's going to be an adversary of the Straw Hats, but he is kind to his crew, and he's a kind person overall.
0: Hey! Sorry my pants ate up all your ice cream.
1: Oh! That's the thing, is that there's even, like, there's even, like, direct misdirection from Oda, where he's, like, you expect this character to be like this because I've set up all these other characters to be like this. And he has that panel where it looks like Smoker's about to, like, get angry and lose it. But, of course, that's not what happens. Because Smoker's actually a nice guy. Yeah. He is, he is still an adversary. He's still technically, like, a... He's still a Marine. Like, yeah, he's still a Marine. He's still a, um antagonist. But he's not a monster like all the other antagonists you've met so far. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, after this point, a lot of things happen, like, really quickly. Buggy and Alvita show back up. Alvita has... Alvita's now no longer, like, a, a very large woman uh, with freckles.
0: Devil fruit for everyone. Suddenly. Now she has a devil fruit. Yeah, Alvita has a devil fruit. We, we like, we get... Like, suddenly this whole thing, like, through this so far, Devil Fruit have been, like, just, oh, they're rare. Why would pirates have them? Why would people at sea have them? That's such a disadvantage. We have Smoker, Alveda, Buggy, Luffy,
1: all on this island. All on the same island, yeah. In the East Blue, like, why not? (laughs) And then, of course, there's that moment on the scaffold with Luffy just smiling as he is sure he's going to die.
0: Buggy gets electrocuted
1: <laughs> Buggy gets electrocuted This random guy with a, a tattoo on his face Shows out of nowhere Has like a really intense discussion with Smoker That we don't understand
0: hey, We can't talk about it
1: We can't talk about it
0: Even though it's really significant
1: like, It's hey, really no, significant that Okay <laughs> just a heads up <laughs> This shit doesn't pay off for another like I want to say like 40 volumes Yeah
0: something like that <laughs> it takes a while. It it's, a little... it is, like, that's one thing, like, rereading this, like, how many things do show up and how often they show up that you have no freaking idea. Like, Hawkeye, like, busting in with Shanks. With Shanks, Like, hey, yeah. by the way, check this out. And oh, Shanks would know drink drinking and celebrate. Anyway, just went. Yeah, I, was I love
1: that. Yeah, I love the little scene. And it shows that, like, it, Oda kind of sets up that, like, oh, they're... They're on the Grand Line. They're menacing. They're dealing with Hawkeye, like the best swordsman in the world. But then it has that moment of like Shanks, like, "Oh, let's drink and celebrate!" Like showing like he hasn't changed that much. No, <laughs> him and his crew have not changed that much. I I, I-, I really like that. But after Rogue Town, the crew heads off for the Grand Line, and shit gets weird.
0: Okay, to be fair, we just had a moment where Buggy turned into a car but let's yeah <laughs> and it only gets weirder from there
1: they they drift into the calm belt and almost get eaten by gigantic uh neptunians um they go up a mountain they go
0: up a mountain cuz that's how you get to an ocean right you got to go you got to sail up a mountain that's this is how sea currents work right and
1: then they almost run into a giant whale Laboon, Laboon, Oh, Laboon. So from so, so again, from this point, the formula has completely changed. But I feel like as a result, like the structure of what's going on feels so all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like we suddenly get introduced to a bunch of characters really quickly. Yes, and it's in like super weird circumstances. They're they're in the belly of a whale. There's a there's a crazy flower man who's also a doctor, and he's inside the whale because he's taking care of the whale. And then there's these two
0: people that are trying to, like, kill this whale? For me? Like, okay? Yeah, there's, like, these two weird people. Why are you here?
1: Why are you here? But after that, we find out about Laboon's sad whale backstory. Yeah. For for a moment, let's address uh, Luffy. Let's address Luffy and what he did for Laboon. Because we had we had this discussion in, like, the first episode about, like, does Luffy go out of his way to do good? Like, when we're talking about chaotic good, is, is Luffy chaotic good or is he chaotic neutral? Mm-hmm. Um, and the question of, does Luffy really go out of his way to do good? I feel like this is a good example of, no, he definitely does. Like, he didn't have to mess with this whale when he heard his sad story. There was no reason for him to, to feel bad for this whale. But he did. And he he concocts this crazy this crazy like uh, uh, agreement to get Laboon to stop hurting himself by smacking himself into the the wall of the the continent.
0: It's like, oh, Luffy, yeah, sweet boy. So like he's he's their whale buddy now. We got gotcha. you. Yeah. Oh god.
1: <laughs> Secretly, Luffy just always wanted a whale buddy. <laughs> This has nothing to do with kindness, I just always wanted a whale. I got a pact with a whale, what do you got? <laughs> um, but this this moment also highlights the complete and immediate disregard they have for their ship. <laughs> Which is, like, immediate- like, they're on the- they've gotten to the grand line, and suddenly let's just tear everything apart.
0: They broke off the head of it, and then busted off the sails- also, can you can I say like as I was reading this and it was going through like Oda showing off like the little different parts of Mary, I was yeah. like, do these fuckers really know how to operate this thing?
1: <laughs> like really? I mentioned before when I played that video game, uh they were on a they're on a sailboat in in like 1806, and it it took like 40 men to operate. Yeah. And you have, like, you have, like, the different people. Like, people who are specifically trained just to be up in the mast. People who are specifically trained to be down on the battery deck. But these guys are somehow... It's just five idiots on a sailboat. <laughs> well, four idiots and Nami, I guess. <laughs> Maybe Usopp can figure some stuff out. <laughs> I love that he immediately, like, he, he immediately, as he's fixing the mask like... I'm not the ship's carpenter. To, just to let the audience <laughs> hey! know. Just to let the audience know, hey,
0: I'm fixing this right now. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. So things continue to get weird. And so they're going to, they're starting off going to their first island on the Grand Line. They
1: Yeah, they reach their first island
0: on the Grand Line. It's a big deal. With that Miss Wednesday and number nine. Yeah. <laughs> that we're wanting whale meat. But let's, uh, let's talk about Whiskey Peak. Oh, but they love pirates. They're so
1: friendly. <laughs> so, we just want to celebrate your voyage. Congratulations on getting to the first island Welcome. of the Grand Line. Welcome. Drink some beer. Pass out. Give us your shit. And your bodies. <laughs> so, these guys show up they start partying with this village who say that they're, they are they want to uh, celebrate with, you know, traveling pirates who come through. Um, everyone passes out and then something special happens. So, I've been for a while talking about there's going to be a point where I just sort of go off about Zorro. Oh, she's ready. And how cool. I'm so ready. It, it, it's this right here, my dudes. It, it's this moment right here. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. The fight at Whiskey Peak where Zoro just wrecks a hundred bounty hunters on the grand line is one of my favorite moments in the entire series. (laughs) Let me explain why. So up until this point, it's been established that A, Zoro is very, very tough. We know this. Zoro is very, very strong. He's strong enough that we can kind of question whether or not he's as strong as Luffy, even though Luffy's the one who always kind of beats the main bad guy, the strongest bad guy. But here's the thing: every single time Zoro has fought someone, like done a real fight, he has been handicapped in some way.
0: Yeah, he's been like, he he has been injured more often than not so far. So he he's been injured more often than not. When he fought fought the Meowban
1: brothers, like any time he's ever struggled in a fight, he has had some something against him that is out of his control. He's either been injured or he's missing some of his swords uh the only exception is when he was fighting uh hawkeye that's it every mm. other time he's he's had some kind of disadvantage now he's back he's feeling better from his injuries he now has two brand new swords that are much better than the ones he had and 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 during this fight he just gets to just let loose And he's having so much fun. I just opened to that
0: scene and he's just in the middle of the group and he's huge grid saying, so you want to (laughs) fight? Isn't it like he's having
1: so much fun and is just like not bothered at all by anything these guys are trying to do. These guys are a hundred bounty hunters on the grand line. So far we've been... Told that the, the Grand Line is such a scary place, they refer to it as the pirate graveyard. Because it's just getting there is hella dangerous. So these guys aren't pushovers, but to Zoro they absolutely are. And I absolutely love it. On top of that, on top of that, we find out Zoro knows exactly who these guys are because they've approached him before to join them back when he was a bounty hunter. Yeah, they tried to hire him, which is interesting. I don't remember that bit at all. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I've thought about that a lot because I remember reading, the first time I read through this and uh, I it, the first time I read to this point, I kind of thought back on what I had read so far and suddenly remembered all of the times that Luffy and the crew have run into uh, new people. And those people recognize Zoro and his name. Mm-hmm. He has a huge rep. His reputation got all the way to the grand line, which is not anything to to scoff at. Yeah. And it's the thing, it's it's one of the things that I think is so interesting. It's, it's, it's one of the things that I, I find so interesting about Zoro's character is that he, he's, a, he's like a big deal. Even Smoker knew who he was. Even Arlong knew who he was. In fact, Arlong, like it, it got to a point where when Arlong was like tearing Zoro apart after he had kind of collapsed from exhaustion uh he saw Zoro's um uh injuries and was like legitimately intimidated that this guy was still walking around yeah like he he there's a they just Oda just takes this moment to to just have Arlong like think like like what is this guy? I need to finish him off quick cuz I don't know what's going to happen Because Zoro is fucking insane. (laughs) He is so much. He's he's he. Oh god! This series is mostly about Luffy. Luffy's the main character, and all of the huge fights, all of the big bad guys are defeated by Luffy. You have kind of Zoro falling
0: behind him, but it's like, does he really have to though? (laughs) Like I mean, like he doesn't have like he doesn't have to do that, but he does. That's that's the thing, is you think back at some of these fights, you think back on
1: some of these fights, and you think about, like, what would have happened if Zoro went up against the fishmen without being injured and having three swords the whole time?
0: Ugh. Like, how would that have gone? But now we get to see Zoro have some fun, with his new we, swords, no less. With his, with his brand new toys! And he's so happy with them. With these Grand Line bounty hunters.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad they gave- I'm so glad he just gets a cursed sword. Because why not? <laughs> okay, that's my- that is my spiel. that That is my excitement about this stupid sword boy. <laughs> I, I- I just- I just- I just appreciate- It's, it's Zoro just-
0: Appreciation Corner. He's just so cool, guys. I'm appreciating him so much more on this reread. Like, I know I've said that before, but- He's a weirdly subtle character. He's, uh, like he's very
1: nuanced. He is really yeah. nuanced. I, I can tell that Oda thinks he's really cool. I can tell that Oda likes him and thinks he's cool and and makes him do cool things. But because he's not the main character, he's kind of like, all right, I'm just gonna.
0: He's the wingman.
1: He's the wingman. Yeah, um, and you also see plenty of uh, like little moments, uh, of him supporting Luffy and that loyalty. But uh, that's where volume 12 leaves off um, an epic battle.
0: Bunch of mysterious numbered and weekday named people. Yeah. But also we had our little side story. Oh, yeah. The Kobe and Helmeppo in the Navy story, which like it's... Kind of cool how big this story is, honestly, from just, like, this one-page little thing going on here. Yeah, it's something that we haven't
1: addressed before, but it 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 already... Uh, Oda already started this kind of tradition of telling a secondary story in the title pages of his chapters. Like, we got to find out what was... Uh, what happened with Buggy. Yeah, Buggy piecing himself together again. Yeah, he he had a little adventure. He met uh, Gaiman, um, uh, from the island with the weird animals, uh, and, and then he met Elvita, uh, and he had his own little adventure, um, and now we get to find out about
0: Helmepo and Kobe. Like, starting in the Navy, and, like, it it was, it, it, and, like, it was still surprisingly emotionally potent, too, in some of the pods. Like, like, you, you see, like, some of these, uh, little bits of Helmepo just kind of upset that his dad's about to be Killed or whatever. It also is like a good, um, I think a, uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting
1: character redemption of Helmepo as well. You, you kind of, he kind of becomes humanized a little bit in in that now he's a chore boy and he has to work hard and he's bad at it, but he has a little friend to help him out. Yeah. (laughs) And even though, and that's what I thought is, is sweet as well, is that even though, uh, Kobe went through this whole hell with Morgan and Helmepo, um, when Helmepo's in trouble, uh, Kobe still wants to, like, defy orders and, and get and, and save his friend. Also, Garp. There's oh, a also dude. Garp. Yeah, we get introduced to Garp. Gotta wait for that to pay off as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's just, what? So many little things
1: like that. It's gonna be so much fun when we get to chapter, like, 50, and we can kind of go back and talk about how, like, oh yeah, this was set up, uh, like, 200 chapters ago. <laughs> could actually talk about this now. But that's about it. That's about it for uh, this episode. For this this little... Uh, a lot of stuff happened. This is another little cluster of just a lot of
0: stuff happened. A lot of important stuff happened.
1: Yeah. Like, this was we, setting up for the long run. Yeah, it's l- like... The title of uh, Volume 12 is The Legend Begins. It's Volume 12. The Legend Begins. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's almost like, it's almost like the previous 11 volumes were just prologue. They were, you know what, yeah. Now the real
0: pirate stuff starts. It's satisfying, though. Yeah. So next up, we're going to be reading volumes 13 through 15, and that will be due on Monday, December 10th, and that is also when you'll be hearing from us again.
1: Until then, if you want to keep up with us, you can check us out on Twitter, at Voyage. Then from there, you can find a link to our Discord. Join us for discussions, share fan art, chat with us whether you're reading along or just a fan of the podcast. But before we go, just a reminder that the intro and outro of our podcast is One Piece Opening 20 Hope remixed by Andrezo Works in Akano, and you can check out more of their amazing anime covers and remixes on YouTube and find a link to download the song in our podcast description.
0: All right, well, that'll do it. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm a man.